great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. And everybody, today I've got a very special guest. Her name is Natalie Lemore. And she has been an actress and coach and, you know, worked with some of the top names in the business of entertainment and training, uh, including Ivana Chubbick, who actually she was featured on uh, Evan, Carmi Evan Carmichael's uh, podcast, as well as, you know, she's trained with uh, UCB. And, you know, among all of those things, it, I thought that this was going to be an amazing episode because during when I went to school, I, I did some... Uh, some leadership courses. And one of the big leadership courses was taught from a book by actors, you know, and actors bring this really uh, interesting element of, you know, authenticity and, you know, uh, the concept of decision-making in the moment, because while like professionals, they, they do uh, decision-making like, you know, for big ideas and things like that. You know, you got to think the actors really thinking about every single thing, every single gesture. And I really wanted to bring Natalie Lemore on because she's trained actors and actresses and she's been on television and all of that. So Natalie, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's nice to finally meet you. I've been watching you on social media and listening to your podcast. I think you're great. So thank you for having me on your show. Awesome. Well, it's totally glad to have you on. And, you know, since we started in the, in the conversation uh, thus far about the concept of, you know, that authenticity and, you know, having that coming up with these decisions and making decisions as an actor and in your auditions and like, you know, thinking about these things of, you know, how should I go about this line or how should I go about that? Can you share a little bit about, you know, just the I guess to, to, to get the audience like started, like uh, a introduction on how to even get started on, you know, decision-making and having that type of uh, instinct. Absolutely. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind through the entire time you're speaking and we say actors do this and that, and what is the one thing? And, and then you said instinct. Instinct is absolutely correct. Um, we also mentioned that I trained and mentored with Ivana Chubbick. So this part that I'm about to mention, although I have simplified it in a way to teach all ages and all levels, um, what Ivana teaches is human behavior. So as humans, we all have behaviors. We all operate in a way based on what we need in life. And then what we need at the current circumstance of our life, i.e. the scene, and how that helps us with that overall goal in life that we have. And no two people are the same. So I can get the same script and the story is the same, but the way I deliver it is different. And that comes into the instinct. So we have human behavior. That's what I teach. That's how I approach a script. And I will add into that on my own because of all the training that I, that I have had, which is not just Ivana Chubbick. She's just my foundation. She's the core. I consider her the roots of my tree, right? But then your tree has to grow, and there's so much more in the entertainment business and in the acting, whether it's audition technique or sitcom or TV versus film. There's so much more, right? 
So just to go back now about the human behavior and then adding a little bit more and piggybacking on your word instinct that I love so much. So then we also have what I call 80% instinct, 20% craft. So for example, as an actor and coach, when I have a client, I do not open up the sides, the audition that they have before I meet them live. And I open it up for the first time with them because in my opinion and in my experience, if I open it up first and I read it, my instinct is how I see it, how I approach it, how my life colors it. And I do not want to do that to my actor who's coming to me for the 20% craft, the things you need to know to be a working actor. Eye lines for a camera, knowing the difference between TV and film, punctuation, network, casting, all that stuff is the craft. And you put that in with the human behavior and your own life's instinct. That's what I do. That's what I teach. And that's what I believe. That is absolutely amazing because I haven't heard anything like that before in terms of the element of, you know, you, your first thing or instinct or my first instinct would be, oh, I opened these uh, lines and, you know, let me look at what's, what's going on. But to uh, have that perspective, to have a, a coach that takes that perspective is really interesting. So um, I think that's really great. And okay, so you mentioned 80% human behavior. And I think this is a really interesting topic because, I mean, that permeates everywhere. And in a acting environment, I imagine that, you know, developing different not just like personalities, but like being someone either completely different or like different versions of yourself can be very yeah. difficult because everyone's got their, their thing, you know, their, their, yeah. yeah. So um, in terms of human behavior, you know, I guess like for say someone wa wasn't an actor and they wanted to prepare and, you know, feel more confident as either an executive or feel more confident in like social situations or, you know, anything like that, that we might experience in a real world. How would you describe like human behavior if you were to like, you know, probably possibly apply your ideas into that arena and like personal development or something like that? I love that question. And I'm going to start with not possibly I do. <laughs> I coach uh, people who are not actors, as we've mentioned, as a human, we are actors every day, right? Depending who we're with, our mother, our friends, right now you're a host of a show. When you get off, you're someone's best friend or lover, right? So we all day long as humans are actors, okay? We put on a different something for someone while we're still who we are. And if we approach it with the process that I created and you apply everything, then it would serve your purpose. So it sounds selfish and the word selfish has become negative, but it's not. If it serves me, it serves you. So it's not selfish. But if I don't become selfish, then are you selfish? If I do it for you, then aren't you selfish? Don't you want me to do it the way you want me to do it? Right? So. Now, I'm gonna step back again to the main question. I just wanted you to understand that all day long we're performing, okay? So I've coached real estate artists, uh, artists, agents, you see? Everybody's an artist in my world. Paint your life, paint your story, right? right um, yeah. 
and goes, everyone's an artist. And agents, real estate agents, um, lawyers, uh, stockbrokers, um, even life coaches, or like for, for a company, and I go in there and I coach them in the business, right? It's like the business. And here's the thing. You're right. It comes down to instinct and human behavior. How do I give you the one way that you can approach any person thing is this. What do I need? And that is always the first question. Who am I talking to at this very given moment? And how will I get it? So for example, this is so this is so random. I'm gonna give you a stupid example, but it's so perfect because it just comes in my head. And this is what I do with my actors actually when I coach them. We talk about their life, we talk about my life. Sometimes I use my examples, sometimes they're current, sometimes they're from the past. And I call it AA, Actors Anonymous. I don't share their I don't share my stuff. We go very, very deep. It's private. But all that to be said, today someone asked me, oh, or we can go flying. And I thought, oh, flying? I want to go flying. How cool is my life? I'm also going to go flying. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go flying. He just got his license. But he's been doing it a long time, and he's been flying. Ooh, that's dangerous. I'm like, things in my life are really amazing right now. I'd hate to die right now, right? So now, pause in that subject because there's stuff in that too for acting and for life. We see there's beats and goals that maybe don't serve my overall life objective, my overall script objective, right? But here's a scene in my life and it can go this way, that way, that way. And I want to support my objective. So dying doesn't support my objective. That's one. And going back now to the who, I want to go, but I'm afraid and I know it's a bad idea. Do I call my sister? She's going to say, don't do it. Am I going to call my mother? She's going to say, don't do it. I call my best friend. She's going to say, don't do it. Do I call my good friend who's like cool as F and like, you know what? Yeah, go for a ride. So my point is you also have to know what you need and who you're talking to. I'm not going to call my mother to support my decision to go flying with someone who just got their license. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yes. That totally makes okay. sense. So the person has to serve my objective. So right now I'm with you. This is a slice of life, right? It's a scene. If it was a script, it's on a paper. Girl gets on, she's interviewed about, he's doing this, there's your story, there's my story, there's a story, right? But my objective doesn't change. This happens to not be a script, but if it was a script, the girl's an actor, she's a coach, she's doing an interview, she's doing it from her home, these are her things, what is her objective? To give a good interview, why? To sell herself as an actor, as, in, as a coach, to also be there for people to give back, those are all my stuff, right? But what if it was a script? We don't know these things. So I have to color it in. So if I color it in and I fill it in, I want to fill it in with 80% truth of me and then 20% truth of the script. So if I was a real estate agent, okay, well, what are the things I have to hit? That's the craft. I have to talk about the square footage. I have to talk about the pricing. I have to talk about how long it's been on the market. I have to whatever. Those things I have to hit. So let's make sure we hit those things. But who are you? Are you funny? Are you serious? Are you sexy? Like, how are we going to sell it now? Who is our, who's your market? Oh, family? Well, then you don't want to do that. You need to, like, sell the pool and sell the safety. So then who are we selling it to? So it's really making sure we know who's our audience, i.e. our client, our sale. What is it that I'm selling? And who am I 
in the selling part of it. How do I contribute? So then I am now the, the tool, the artist, the prop, the whatever. That's my job. My job is I am the product, right? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I really appreciate how you brought in the idea of, you know, that sales because uh, I, I have a sales background. So it's so interesting to be able to hear you talk about, you know, this application of bringing this, this training that you do for people and that coaching to also, you know, realize yeah. that, you know, you are selling something, you know, you're, you're selling the product of what you're going to bring to the table as, you know, for the director. But, you know, as a salesperson, you got to always talk about the product or service or, you know, whatever. But uh, uh, so, so overall, I mean, that, that is, that's awesome. And um, okay, so digging into the instinct, uh, you had an interesting post the other day that I saw. You know, uh, you mentioned that you have you have certain ideas as you know a coach, and you have clients that trust you to give the decisions. And at the same time, your clients also have cert had certain things that they wanted to do um, for their auditions. So I think that's such an interesting example of, you know, that topic of instinct and, you know, going with your gut and all of that. Can you go in a little bit about some of those details and like, you know, how, if someone was trying to decide, I guess, like, you know, how they should dress for a meeting or something, or like if shit, they should go like out of the ordinary to stand out in something, you know, how would you decide in something like that? Yes, I'd love to answer that in sort of a three part, because first I want to say the biggest thing that's important to me is to support cheerlead. Like I'm not just a coach who breaks down a script, right? I'm also your cheerleader. We're a team. I say Natalie Lee Moore coaching family. We're a family. Even if you take a break from acting or a break from coaching, we're a family. You're forever part of the family, right? So that being said is I've been through a lot of coaching, all the top names, like Ivana Chubbuck, Howard Fine, Margie Haber, Leslie Kahn, Stan Kurz, Rest in Peace, you know, and so many more. Um, I've read all the books from all the greats. I, I really made it my duty to study it because I want to be a working, successful actor. And through it, I became a coach because I'm just good at what I do and I love sharing and I'm passionate. Okay, like, now let's put that all aside. What I'm saying is coaches have a way right? And each one that I mentioned are fantastic and great and masters at their craft. They are masters at their craft and they do not teach the other side. As a matter of fact, in most of my experience, they're against it. If you're in my class, you can't be in that class at the same time because they don't teach what I teach and it's going to confuse you and blah, blah, blah. That also makes sense. And I respect that. I do respect, I make, that makes sense. So again, there's never any right or wrong way. I'm just explaining first before I share why we're at the point of giving permission to step outside the box. I think that's really important because even now, I still am sometimes afraid to step outside the box because, are you still there? Okay, sorry, my computer went off for a second. Uh, because I am trained by the grades and I respect what they say and it comes from a very truthful place. So for auditioning, for example, you have to be still, but you have to know eye lines. But according to Ivana Chubbuck, if you're doing human behavior, use the space, human behavior. However, that's when you book the job because if you do it in an audition room, which I did for a while, they're looking at me like, Does she, she doesn't know how to audition. She's all over the place. I can't send that tape to producers. Now, 
I'm fortunate enough that I also work in casting. And I started as an intern, then I got hired. I learned this technique by being in the casting side, on the other side of the camera, trying to understand what's the difference. And there is a huge difference. And then comes the risk taking. There are certain rules and things that come with the job. And going back to the 80, 20%. If you have an instinct that the character says to do this, this, and that, but in reality, you can't do that in an audition. What do you do, right? So where is your way to step outside of the box? So now we're on self-tapes. These examples that I'm going to give you happen to be self-tape examples, except for one, which wasn't in person. And it's about the, the, the post that you saw. But now we're post that and we are only self-taping because of corona. And so now, think about it. We have to do what those actors did and step out of the box. So they were sort of ahead of the game, right? Great point there. So, so adapting to the what's happening. I got it. Exactly. So they stood, out, they stood out of the box and took a risk. And all these people booked. And that's why I'll give you the three things that you, the, from the post. But like I mentioned before, I want to now mention, because I'm an actor and a coach, I learned from my actors too. So because of them, I stood out of the box and I took risks just recently and I will continue to take those risks. So for example, one actress, the actress in the script, the, the, the character is always naked, always smoking a cigarette, super sexual, you know, you can't go in an audition naked or showing your boobs. It's, it's just, it's looked frowned upon. And also you wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do it anyways. Right. Unless I'm in character, then fine. I'm on set. We do it. Um, and you can't smoke a cigarette on an actual audition. You can't go in and light a cigarette. Absolutely not. So when it came down, you know, we coached the character. It's never about that stuff. That stuff's at the end anyways. Let me make that clear to all actors. Please don't worry about wardrobe and taking risks and now holding a cigarette because that's so at the end. There's so much more before that, breaking down the character and who she is and what she needs and what the script is about and what that scene is about and why that scene is written in this script. You cannot worry about props and wardrobe and or your accent, for example, until the very end, until you're done. Okay, so please, guys, do not make that your new thing. Let's be clear. These are trained actors who at the end were like, I don't know, this character's naked and smoking a cigarette and I'm at home and I don't mind. So I'm going to wear a see-through shirt. I'm going to light up a cigarette and I'm going balls to the walls. Excuse my French now for this because that's what that actress did and she booked. Okay? Another actor did his audition behind a refrigerator door drinking out of a milk carton. I would never let that. No way. But he's like, why not? The actor's drinking out of a milk carton. He's in the kitchen. That's what I did. Guess what? He booked it, right? And you're not going to have a refrigerator in an audition room if that was ever no in person. No way. And if, he, and if he walked in with a milk carton and started doing this, he would have lost the job right away. Well, that's not actually true. We've had actors do stupid things like that that are like you shouldn't, but then they slay their audition, meaning the truth behind the character too. So we're like, okay, cool. When you come back for callback, leave the milk carton at home. It could happen, but usually you lose the job as soon as you walk in with the milk carton, the cigarette or the naked shirt, right? Right on, yeah. So, and then I had an actress who we coached, we were ready, 
she goes into her audition. This one was in person, again, pre-COVID. And she literally wears like a superhero leotard. And when she calls all of my actors, that's another thing that I do that specializes me, is that I, one, run the scene before you go in on your audition. That's like part of the coaching. So because I believe every actor has to run their scene out loud at least once the day of and right before. And why not with me since we've already broken it down? Let me make sure you're still in the zone and in the beats and the objective and all the things we worked on. Well, anyway, she goes in. And the second part of me is call me afterwards. No matter what, good or bad, just call me after. Let me know how it went so we can work on that, how you felt, what you did, like immediately. So... She calls me, she's like, wow, it was amazing, and it was this, and they loved me, and they loved me, and then this. I was like, wow, it's amazing. And she's like, boop, she takes a picture, and she was in a, like a one-piece leotard. And I said, no, you didn't wear that. She's like, why? No, do you think? I said, don't get in your head. Forgive me for even, and then I feel bad. Got her in her head. So don't do that. I just, if you would have asked me, I'm your coach, I'm saying that's not, don't wear a costume. You could have wore a black tank top, black pants, black boots, would have been equally successful and you're not in costume, right? You don't have to wear a doctor's lab coat, just like wear the colors of the light blue or the white. You, you want to give them the idea of the character, but you never want to come in costume. Uh, but she booked it, okay? Yeah. She booked it. And you know what? This has nothing to do with this, but let's give people a reality check right now because it's one of my favorite stories. She's not that girl. She's not like this leotard, like, uh, and the girl had a little bit edge, you know, we worked on the edge. We worked on that. That's why the audition was amazing, right? She became that character. Bravo. And when she went to set, she went herself, like her, like as herself, like in gap clothes, like denim t-shirt, like denim button down jeans, like Ked sneakers, like pigtails, like, so not the character that whoever the director the producers were looking around they're like where's blah 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 and they're like oh that's her there they're like that can't be her like that's not the girl in the leotard that we saw come in there and kick some ass they're like yeah it is they're like no 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 we're gonna go with the other girl that we had on backup they sent her home she lost the job on set she was wow. hysterical crying it was not good. It was a lesson for all of us, including myself, because I told you, I learned from my actors as well. What? Wait, so, uh, sorry. So just to clarify that story, I, I, uh, so I got the idea that she had originally come in the, the leotard and then they, they, she didn't come the second time, like prepared in character. Is that why they got rid of her? prepared at this point, at this point, they saw her as the character. So she went in in the leotard. She went in as the character. She booked it. It's not about a callback. She was on set about to film. And the director sees her waiting to get ready or whatever, like looking for the girl that he hired off of a tape. And it's not the same vibe. So it's also a sign of show up as character too. Like show up the way they saw you. Like, you took the risk, you gave them the idea, you showed them what they wanted, stay that way because if you don't, you can lose it just as easily. You know, look, I'm wearing yeah. earrings right now, right? On an audition these days, I never wear earrings. I never, like, I learned. I learned already. They want a blank slate. They don't like you to change it up on them. Like, Wait, oh, I thought she was like a badass bitch and now she's like bougie. 
but my tape is still bad as a bitch. They don't care. It's like, oh, mm, let's go with the other girl. She was like badass. Like, so if, whatever you're going to give them, whatever you're selling, give them the product. That's it. You sold it. Stay that way. Don't change anything. That's who they wanted. That's who you are. That's what you do. And then for me, just recently, I had a 12-page audition that I had to do. In, in, theory, the ki the, in theory, the scene is with a child like baby, baby, like sandbox baby, right? In any other world, no way I would use a child. What's no a, what's, way. What's a sandbox baby? Very young. Oh, okay, <laughs> Doll, okay. sandbox, and you know, like, you want to make a sandcastle baby? Like young, under five, six, like baby, like young. And in real life, if I have an audition, the reader is not going to be a baby. It's going to be a woman like me. And you have to do your job. Or if I'm now in self-tape world, the people that record with me, they're obviously adults like us. It's like, you know what? I work with all ages and all levels. I have a perfect girl who could play my daughter in this. It's a boy. doesn't matter. But if I have her on the other end, she's going to make me do those random pauses my little boy would make me do when I'm trying to make him do a sandbox. And I said... I'm stepping out the box, and that's exactly what I did. Not only was I able to use the coaching family to make me a better actor and step out of the box and use a kid and let them see who I am for real with a child who's, like, looking away when I'm like, you want to play? You know, like, making me do some natural human things that I would do and bring to the character. I also was able to train and coach my actor, who's only five and a half, to learn 12 pages. So when she goes out, which she just did, for playing the daughter of Dakota Fanning, then maybe she can handle that kind of material. And I'm gonna give myself another pat on the back. She did not have that audition. I saw it on breakdowns. I messaged the mother. I made the email to send to the agent to please try and get her this audition, and we did. Now, whether she books it or doesn't, I don't care. We celebrate successes along the way. Right, yeah. She just had a Kona Fanning type audition. I'm, I have an audition with 12 pages. She's able to help me. And so when I say Natalie Leemore coaching family, I mean it. We're all actors who are either working or trying to work. And I'm still working. I'm going through the same successes and failures as these actors are going through. And that's another difference is those other coaches, for example, they're coaches and they're amazing coaches. That's what they are. They are now coaches, you know? Yeah. Hey, you've touched on so many great things. I mean, the, the whole idea of this concept of, you know, taking that risk, but also, you know, in the real world, we don't always have to, you know, our, our regular character pretty much like stays, you know, sticks around, but you know, in the acting world, you definitely got to, you know, be that person when they need you to be that person. So it's interesting that you brought up that topic of, you know, when you take a risk, you got to make sure that you're ready to like, you know, live up to it. So um, that, that's awesome. And also, so I saw one of your, uh, uh, you shared a little bit about this recent experience that you had for, for the auditioning or, or helping your family, the, the Natalie Lee Moore and coaching fa acting family. And I saw a video that you did recently. It was, um, like, uh, I guess you were coming out of a house and you were yelling at someone. I think you, I'm guessing he was uh, visiting a, a child. Is that, is that the same thing that you were talking about that you recently did? Or is that? No. And, you know, I really love to talk about that because, for example, that is a, 
independent feature film that I booked in film back in 2016. And once again, if I was to get that script now, not only am I a stronger actor than I am four years ago because of my training, but also my life experiences are different. So, um, no, that's four years ago. And again, as an actor and a coach, I have to tell you that you have to take all sorts of jobs along the way. Sometimes they're free, sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're leads, sometimes they're not. And if anything, I learned, get your feet wet in every situation and networking. And when I say networking, I don't mean it the way people take the word networking and they're like all about like, I don't know. Make connections with people, real connections with people, friendships, do things. I've done quite a few things for free for people along the way because I just know they're going to be great or they're going to do something and they're going to bring something to the table. And nine out of 10 times, whether they've brought it up until now or not, I know it's coming and they always do. And so, and then they're there for me as well when I need them. So it's also about making those connections because a lot of the films like that, that one specifically, they're very much in contact with me. It was never made. That kind of sucks but they love my performance so much. And a lot of times you can't get your footage and actors know that they love me so much and they knew my material was so good and it would help me that they did let me have it. We're four years later. So now I can use it, which is why you guys have been privileged to see it. Um, and I look back at it and I'm proud of it and it's part of my journey. And the process comes from a quote one of my first actor friends, when I first started training at Ivana Chubbick, when I was at the advanced level, you know, because you work your way up from advanced to masterclass with her. And then once you're in masterclass with her, she has an invite only masterclass. And I was invited to that. By then, me and her started becoming friends and we're very similar. The people used to call me mini me, like mini Ivana. And um, I had started the kids department and Anyways, all this to say, one of my original people, he had given me a magnet 10 years ago that said the process, and it says, slow down, calm down, don't worry, don't hurry, trust the process. Stockard or Stodart is the name of the, the, the uh, writer. Anyways, it's been my quote for the process, because that is true. You know, you want to speed up your acting career, you want to start working. And so many times I thought I should have been like series regular already or like on the, like when I realized, oh, no, 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 no. Not in a negative way, but like sometimes I'm on set and I'm like, wow, imagine I was that. I'm so not ready yet. So glad I learned that. I'm so glad I learned that. I'm so glad I learned that. So never give up. Stay in it. It's always a learning process. It is a process. It is a journey. We're always going to want more. Um, and what I coach is human behavior, which means it's not just for acting, it's for everyday life. It's made me a better person. It's made me super clear of who I am as a human, as a friend, as an actor, as a daughter, as a sister, and all the roles I play in my life. Amazing. And just the final question before we wrap up here, this, this whole idea that, uh, you know, you have, you have been in the game and... Uh, I did read your bio for a little bit on your website. You know, you mentioned that you had, you know, finally booked like a, a TV episode or, or like a principal role or something. And then after that, it was when you moved to LA. Can you share a little bit about uh, the concept of 
you know, that, that personal confidence that you developed over time, because, you know, my, my guess is that you aren't the same person that you were, you know, when you first started, oh. you probably feel you know, much more confident. So can you share a little bit about that yeah. process? Sorry about that little delay, but yes, <laughs> uh, more than more confident, I'm more experienced and experience creates confidence. And before I tell you about that first thing and that, I just want to mention like, again, part of my training is also business training and Brian Tracy is one of the best and he has something called the 10 C's. You can look it up or I can send it to you and you can post it with your thing. But I can't really think right now all the 10 C's, but it's something like communication, consistency, creativity, commitment. Blah, blah. So it's 10 of them and the last one is confidence and you can't have confidence with the other without the other nine C's okay so you need to do the work and that's why a lot of people uh, uh, I don't use the word fail but give up a lot of actors go and come back um, for me specifically it's actually it's a little different the bio I, I see how you said it I'm just gonna re it's actually like this the first time I ever stepped on set ever in my life was as a background actor, which at that point I did not know what that means. Um, and I went and did background work. And when I went on set to do background work, they asked me to stay longer and I got a waiver. And at that point I did not know what a waiver was. And then I was asked to come back and I said, oh, I can't because I was working retail at the time. I was not an actress, I was brand new. And my agent, which was not an agent, it was more like a central casting situation. And uh, they were like, uh, and they were called Actors Rep, let's give them credit, right? Because like, that's my beginning, beginning, I love them so much. And I don't even know if they still exist, but I'm coming for them. I actually have to see. Um, so anyways, I go and I was like, oh no, I can't, I'm working. They're like, oh, hold up. You just got a waiver, you have to go back. Because once you get a SAG waiver, you get another one. I was like, what's a SAG waiver? They're like, okay, listen, literally shut the F up just call out of work and just go. So I go and then I get another waiver. Third time they ask for me and I say, no, really, I can't go. And he goes, no, really, you have to go. If you don't go, you're dumb, number one, because you get all three waivers, you become SAG. Two, I won't send you out for anything ever again. So, so afraid to call out of work. I made my mom call out for me and like lie that I had like a good smell and I was so in pain that I couldn't call and so crazy and I go there and then my scene was upgraded. By the way, in three days, and I'm like young and like I never made that much money. I made so much money because like in SAG rules, you get like overtime and golden time. And I made like thousands of dollars in three days as an extra, which nobody does. I also got three waivers the first time I ever stepped on set and was able to become SAG, which happens to nobody. And um, there were some really celebrity names at the time on set, like Selma Blair and James Vanderbeek. And it was a Todd Solon's film, Welcome to the Dollhouse, major director. Like, my, my mind was just like Manuela Shariki, and we were like hanging out. Like, it's like stupid stuff, you know, where that's when I knew this is it for me. I'm becoming an actor. I don't know when or how or what. So I started to process that I would leave New York and go to LA to pursue it. And everyone was like, why would you go to New York is like the hub of it as well. And I said, well, I live here, I was raised here. Um, I have like friends and families and birthdays and boyfriends and like I can't do it They don't even get it like they make fun of me the second I start talking about it. So I Extracted myself moved to Los Angeles alone. I know no one and the minute I got off the plane I had my first audition and I booked that one as well and that was a feature film and um, 
that producer was the first to say to me and became the title of a script that I'm writing and a sitcom that I'm writing. It's both in one. Natalie, you are a sitcom waiting to happen. That's such a great compliment. So, so you moved to LA by yourself after, you know, leaving all of that behind. And then you, you were able to start to build some momentum and meet some great people. It sounds like. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. And, <laughs> and is it, did, is this sitcom you're working on right now or is it something that you have, uh, that you already developed or? is not quite developed because it's something that I've been writing and dabbling and deciding and changing and it's been evolving. At the same time, I've only written one other project and it's called Same But Different. That's also evolved. It was called um, I Love London First. My writing partner, friend, Rachel London, um, we've always wanted to remake I Love Lucy. Obviously you can't, it's still syndicated, it is what it is, but a modern day I Love Lucy. And so it started that way and we keep adapting and adapting and then we realize the world and current events and politics. So now it's more like same but different. And so I've been putting a lot of energy into that. That being said, I have another mentor um, that I love so much. I have two very big mentors in the industry. You know, I don't even know if they know they're my mentors. <laughs> they do, I'm kidding. But like they, when I'm with them and they're huge, um, uh, one is Robert Townsend and the other one is Deborah Riley Draper. They give me advice along the way. Like, how can I really be successful? Like, why have I not been? Like, the big bang. Like, Natalie, you're you're this, 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 this. So why, why have you not had your... And the answer always comes back to taking my own advice and showing the truth about me. And my favorite quote that everyone who knows me is, is Dr. Seuss, today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is newer than you. And it's taken me some time and I'm still growing as to accept all the versions of me, the crazy, the fun, the smart, the Israeli, the French, the Egyptian, the Brooklyn, the white, the not white, whatever you want to say. And I'm a female. I'm so many things and I'm so afraid to be all of them. And the minute that I do it. And so these people are sort of pushing me to finally write my story and my story is me and I am a sitcom waiting to happen. So yeah, there we go. Finally doing it. Hey, that was a seriously powerful thing. Capturing this idea that, you know, there's going to be so many stories out there that other people are writing, but in an effort to like, you know, really capture yourself, I mean, you can do your own sitcoms. You can, you know, I guess in, in a sense, you know, with the right mentors, you find the best version of yourself to be able to share with the world in some ways. Um, so yeah, that is amazing. That it sounds great. And, you know, congratulations on, you know, coming to that conclusion and uh, making those moves to, to do all that. And, you know, just to, to finish this off, um, you know, what would be the best way for people to reach out to you if they wanted to contact you or, or learn more? I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're on IMDB. Um, but, uh, what are, what are the social medias or whatever would they contact you through? Absolutely. So I use IG the most, Instagram, at Natalie Moore, N-A-T-L-Y-M-O-R. I do have a coaching page on IG. I don't use it as actively. I'm in the middle of deciding to combine or not. And so my IG is pretty authentic to who I am as a person, who I am as an actor, who I am as a coach, which can get a little risky because I love to live my life and I work yeah. with all ages. So we'll see where that goes. But right now, the best would be Instagram at Natalie Moore. 
On Facebook, it's Natalie Lemore, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-L-Y-M-O-R. And actually on that note, um, just last year we did, excuse me, a short film called The Illegal Rose, starring Jasmine Guy, directed by the talented Deborah Riley Draper. And she's already won many awards for documentaries, and she just wrote a book adaptation for Coffee Will Make You Black, and that's set to be directed by her in 2021, I guess, because 2020 gave us the corona. All that to be said, Illegal Rose, the subject important to us, uh, which is hashtag no human is illegal, and it is actually now streaming online. We just found out today. And an article was released today for us as well in an Australian um, article that's female-owned and based program. So we're proud of that as well. Um, I don't know the link by letters, but I can send it to you now. Maybe you can attach it or send it. We'd love the support for Illegal Rose and um, spreading the message about no human is illegal and taking down that wall. Absolutely. We will definitely, there will definitely be all sorts of uh, the, the information in the description below. And there's been so many powerful topics. So I really appreciate you being on. I mean, we've talked about everything from, you know, the, the nitty gritty of like instincts and all of that to the idea that creating a sitcom for yourself to capture all of those different elements for those people who are, you know, incredibly diverse. I mean, that's some powerful stuff right there. I mean, uh, and you you shared so much so thank you for being on this episode and sharing not just like advice but also it felt like i got coached a little bit too so you know thanks for that and um for everyone listening you know check out the description uh there's going to be information to contact natalie and also um thank you all for watching and thank you natalie for being on here thank you for having me this was a pleasure to talk about it it's my passion to give back and share some gems about the business and you're a delight thank you for having me awesome and have a wonderful day everybody